And anyway, look, we're, we're all about this uh, new uh, session now, and it's basically about stories. It's about testimonies. And uh, I love it in Revelations 12, verse 11, uh, where it says, we overcome him, that is the devil, by the, uh, the word of our testimony. And uh, I actually Googled it this morning because I was thinking it was 11, 12, and I was thinking, where's the scripture? So I just did the voice activation, and we overcame him by the word of Tesla. And I was thinking, no, that's not right. And uh, I was on the wrong, the wrong Google feed, but I knew it was somewhere around there. So anyway, I found the right one. It wasn't 11, 12, it was 12, 11. So there you go. So we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so as we hear these stories today, there's two specific stories. One is from our local legend, Lyle, who might want to wave a hand if he's got a free arm down there at the bottom. He's down the back there. He's a faithful servant in the house of God, and he's been through an incredible walk in the last so many years. Like, if you don't know Lyle, you, you may not be aware of what he's gone through. So it's a beautiful story of God's faithfulness, of God's communication to him, and uh, God bringing him through the other side. And uh, I'm sure you're really going to enjoy it as we play this, and uh, yeah, just just relax and take in everything he's got to say because there's some really words of wisdom in here. Very inspirational story. And, uh, and what I love about it is, 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 you know, when we hear each other's stories, it brings some context to people's lives. And we've all got stories to, to, to tell, haven't we? We've all gone through trials. We've all gone through challenges. And, uh, and often we don't know the stories uh, unless we get close, unless we get a bit of intimacy with people. And, uh, and ju oh, just before I forget, uh, before we go into this, um, my niece Anna got baptised yesterday, and I'd like to invite her up quickly. I, I only just saw you then, I missed you in the first bit. Um, so we had a fantastic um, baptism uh, service at Madame Michelle's place. It was quite tough because they got a spa pool there. So everyone, I, I jumped in the pool with Poddle, so Poddle sort of did, did the baptism, and we were trying to work it out in the spa because it's quite tight. We think, how are we going to get her in there? You know, will it be part submersion or fully submersed? <laughs> it was quite an experience. So, uh, so congratulations, Anna, and there's a little certificate um, just to say that she's gone through that. Did you want to um, share anything quickly while you're here? She's, she's an extrovert sort of person, so I'm not sure if she want to say anything, but no, no not really, no. <laughs> no, congratulations, though. That was awesome. It was a lovely day, eh? It was Not lovely as far as weather-wise. We had umbrellas out during the baptism part. And the lightning and everything. And the lightning and everything. Yeah, yeah, it was a dangerous time to hold an umbrella, but anyone, everyone pushed through. So congratulations. Thank Wonderful. You. Thanks so much, Anna. Yeah, that's a real answer to prayer for her. Um, we've been praying for her, and uh, she sort of testified a little bit at the baptism that uh, she knew God was telling her to actually be baptised, but then sort of, you know, it was the timing, right, because COVID and this and that, and two years later, you know, the time arrived, so it, it took place. So we're really grateful as a family and, and Church of God as well to see you take that step, Anna. So without further ado, we'll, uh, let's get Lyle's story on. Hi, my name's Lyle. This is my story. I, I tried a few churches in Hamilton and um, I came to here to Elam and I was really impressed that people actually cared for one another and particularly took an interest in visitors. Uh, the people were really what, what made it and I felt much more at home here. So after, a, after sitting around for three months and sort of getting used to the place, I joined um, Justin's technical team at the back uh, with 
audio, visual and sound and things like that. So I was, I was doing a variety of um, voluntary things uh, because I wasn't in church serving. And so I joined North Hamilton Community Patrol and was doing night patrols. Uh, I uh, became involved with neighbourhood support through the local police. So with all of those things, I was pretty busy. Um, but I got to the point where I was just feeling more and more drained and pretty burnt out. And I just thought, oh, it's burnout. I should actually reduce what I'm doing. Um, but I was reading my Bible one day, and I was sort of impressed to read Psalm 34. And I was reading away. And it gets down to verse 19 and 20, and it says, The righteous man has many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. None of them will be broken. And I was sitting there going, Lord, what's all this about? You know, what's because it really seriously impressed me that this was actually. I, I, I know it's got references to Christ on the cross and His bones not being broken, but in the context of reading this on that day, I really felt God was speaking to me and saying, "You're going to be okay." And so I, um, so I thought, well, am I going to have a car accident? Run off by uh, run off my push bike. I'm going to fall off a roof. You know what? What are you What are you protecting me against? And, and there wasn't any particular answer. So I said, Well, Lord, I just trust you. Whatever it is, I trust you. I, there's nothing more I can do. Um, I just put it in your hands. So I gave up uh, neighbourhood support, Waikato, and neighbourhood support Hamilton. And I was still unbelievably tired. So I went off to my doctor, and so he, um, he sent me off for a few blood tests. And he rang me up. And we all know your doctor never rings you up, unless it's bad news. To say, uh, look, we've got those blood tests back. Um, I'm going to give you a, a, a referral. I'm going to give you an urgent referral with a high suspicion of cancer. Long story short, I went and had was seen by one of the registrars. They did a bone marrow biopsy where they drill into your hip and take some bone marrow. That's fun, not? And, um, and it was the start of a, a number of years of journey. At the beginning of 2016, when I saw the kidney specialist and he referred me back, uh, the, the haematologist basically put me onto a, a, a regime of, um, of chemo weekly weekly chemo, 30, 30 pills on a, on a Wednesday morning, and then somebody would drive me up to the hospital to get a, an abdominal injection, injection uh, for, the, for the other chemo. Uh, I ended up getting four cycles before they decided that I was ready to go and, um, uh, and, and have what's called a stem cell transplant. Basically, they give you your chemotherapy to kill you bone marrow like it just kills it dead. After that you would have no immune system and you'd die. Uh, and then 26 hours later uh, they, they, they re-infuse your um, uh, bone marrow, basically your stem, your, your stem cells, back into you. And when I was questioning the haematologist about how that procedure worked, um, I said, so how do they, how do they know? When you put them in their bloodstream, how do they know 
where to go. And she said, they just know where to go. You know, how amazing is that? We are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, I've, I've never, ever believed in evolution. I, I have no, I have no um, doubt that we were created and, uh, and that God was the ultimate designer. You know, as, as a professional engineer myself, um, you know, I know what design is and what good design looks like. The human body is just an incredible piece of architecture, engineering, chemical engineering, electrical engineering, um, and um, we are just wonderfully made. So that, that whole process, horrible though it was, taught me an awful lot about my body. And, um, you know, you find out in those sorts of times of adversity who actually uh, gives a toss about you. And, you know, there were friends that I thought would be alongside me who never saw them. And yet there were others who I never expected to be anywhere near helping me who bent over backwards to, um, to drive me to appointments when I wasn't capable or I wasn't fit to drive because of the chemo. Uh, there were people in church who I really appreciate who did meals and dropped them around uh, on Thursdays after my chemo Wednesday, uh, I simply wasn't fit to, to, to do anything other than heat something in the microwave. And, uh, and I really appreciated the, um, the help that, that um, the church uh, did. Um, you know, you realise that, that we're not an island. You know, we are dependent on others. And that, um, that being part of a, a, a vibrant and caring church incredibly incredibly good what have I learned from it um, I think you know God's good you know I, I am never going to go why was me uh, the cancer was horrible yes it was uh, God hates me no he doesn't um, and and in reality uh, there is I've got no reason to doubt God He's been there for me every step of the way. And even though I've walked away and done all manner of other things myself, at times, uh, he's rock solid. I was declared to be in remission in April uh, 2018. So we're talking four years that I've been in remission. I'm still on regular blood tests. And being an engineer, I actually get them every month and I plot them in an Excel spreadsheet trend where they're going. Uh, and they've been they've been really good. There are still some signs there in the background, uh, but I love the text that the medical lab laboratory scientists put in. They say, um, you know, und undetermined, whatever, uh, something rather in the gamma zone, uh, too little to quantitate. In other words, we can't actually measure it. So yes, there's something there. They can't measure it, and I'm happy with that. Uh, after all that chemo, it really knocks you about. I was literally not able to do very much at all. Uh, and even when I went back to work, I, there was no energy to do anything other than go back to work and go home. So over the last four years, I've sort of built my strength back up and um, I, I got back into the church audio, visual and sound team. Uh, last year, I became part of the stream team, uh, but I'm loving it. It's a really, uh, it's a really valuable thing because we've seen so many people 
come to church who didn't, hadn't, hadn't been here. They've seen us online and decided they'd come and check us out. That's my church stuff. Um, for, for work, I'm a, a professional engineer, electrical engineer. Uh, I used to do actual engineering design and, and designing out problems with um, electricity generating plants. Uh, these days I've been involved in asset management, risk management, business continuity. Uh, I have fun designing emergency exercises. So I've got a, a, I guess a rewarding job, an interesting job, and I'm blessed to be able to bring some of those sorts of skills to church. I mentioned about Psalm 34, the promise that that gave. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Not some of them, all of them. Protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. And that's pretty unequivocal. And I was really amazed to find as I learned more about the multiple myeloma diagnosis other people uh, they're not detected, they're not diagnosed until after they've started having unexplained broken bones, you might just fall over uh, which for most of us would be no problem uh, but you then find that you've suddenly broken your arm or broken your leg with no obvious reason and that is sometimes the first people know that they've got myeloma in my case, I was very, very blessed to be caught very early. They got onto it really quickly. So because of that, the treatment was really effective. Through all of that, I've just learned to be patient and learned to be um, not not worried. You know, the Bible says, "Don't don't worry, don't be don't be anxious." And I used to worry about every tiny little thing, and now I'm pretty laid back about things now. Um, and I'm Lyle, and that's my story. Wasn't that cool? Um, I love that because you, you, know, you see the real person, don't you? You see the, the humanity that we all go, you know, we all, we all, we're all people, right? I mean, we all go through our struggles. And um, I love that thought at the end, Lyle, where you, where you said, you're a lot chill, more chilled out now. You know, you're not stressed out. And I think, you know, the challenge for us in life is, I mean, life's full on, right? I mean, we're all, we're all busy, you know? I mean, there, there's stuff going, like when you say, oh, how's your week going? Has it been busy? Well, flipping every week's busy, right? You know what I mean? It's just almost just general chit-chat conversation, right? Um, but learn to rest in God. Learn, learn to just release things a bit. Take in the moment, you know, even in the midst of your busy job or raising kids or, you know, chasing the teenagers or, you know, looking after your parents or your parents looking after you, whatever it is, learn to relax a bit in God and just find that time. You know, is it, is it, is it that, do you have to be that stressed out, you know, that worried about things? You know, you don't have to be. And, th and this is the great lesson, I think, well, one of the many lessons that I, I've taken from that, Lyle, is, um, you know, Smell the roses. You know, take that time in the midst of your day to engage in the day. And we realise that, uh, you know, those two words, uh, you know, don't worry. I mean, it's right through the Bible, right? Do not be anxious. Don't worry. You know, fear not. 
These words are just right through the Bible. There's a reason, because we naturally go to that fear zone, don't we? I was talking to Trinity earlier, um, Sharon's girl. Sharon's up running, running the youth in that, um, in the service. And uh, just there, um, <clears throat> one of the girls in the family had to go up to hospital. It was all last minute, couldn't breathe, you know, COVID sort of stuff and that yesterday. And we're just having that real conversation right there in the foyer, just about, hey, you know, in the midst of that situation, we just need to rest in God because there's nothing else we can do about it, right? Uh, she's in the hospital. Uh, things have been handled. And, uh, and, and it does no, it's, there's no advantage for us to keep worrying about it. We've just got to rest in God and commit things to God. So thank you so much, Lyle. We really appreciate that, man. We love you. Um, it, look, it's been a real, like, seeing him over the year. I saw him going through this and coming back and looking a bit grey and looking pale and, you know, but starting to come along to church. And, uh, you know what I mean? I take my hat off to you, man. Huge thing to go through. And I just love it that you're back into the house. You're back serving. You're back getting involved. And, uh, and there's great joy in that. And I, I, I absolutely have a witness in what you're saying what you've said there in your story on that side as well. So, hey, look, we're going to move into another story now, and this is actually a life TV story, which is, um, that's, uh, which is sort of close to my heart in a way because I used to go to Christian Life Centre in Auckland, uh, which then became Life Church, which is a huge operation, um, you know, multiple campuses around Auckland. And um, Paul de Jong's the senior pastor there, Paul and Marie, so I used to uh, teach his kids in that, and now his kid is actually the main pastor there. So now I've got to go in there and behave myself if I turn up at life because he's the main man. Um, that, uh, yeah, that's Luke de Jong. And anyway, um, so Dave Covers, anyone recognise the last name, Dave Covers? So uh, obviously there's a little tie in here to the church. Um, so he will uh, tell his story. This is quite a professional uh, video because it's on live TV standard, you know, versus uh, our laid back, keeping it real video style down in Hamilton keeping it organic, so uh, enjoy the story. Growing up, we, um, we didn't have much, and for our lunches as well, we would only get sandwiches, so I became really good at um, stealing. My uncle and his family had moved into a house and for some reason, um, he would bully me and my brother and beat us with his fist, uh, closed fist. He would punch us in the face and I would get uh, blood nose. Um, I would get knocked out. And as a result of that, I, my schooling went down. I had to go to school. Um, and my parents were never around when uh, the beatings would occur to me and my brother. As a way to show, show the rest of the world, I used to bully, bully other people. My mother had to work three jobs, um, you know, just to get food and pay for the rent. My father worked long hours during the day and he would go to night school uh, because they all moved over from the Cook Islands, um, coming here with nothing. My dad finished uh, work early one day and when he walked through the front door to come home, uh, he saw me getting thrown across the room and smacking my head into the wall. And then from that point on, my father said to my mum, this has got to stop and uh, kicked uh, my uncle and his family out. But the damage had already occurred for me. Um, I, was, I was already on the bandwagon, um, hating school, and everything has been downhill for me. 
my brother got caught up with a youth group. So I used to look after my brother. My brother became a Christian. And then I sort of followed in his footsteps because uh, I wanted to be like my brother. Um, so I sort of followed the, the, the God route that he took. Always having that in the back of my head that when I get older, I'm going to get my uncle. That I'm, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get him. And then when I, was, when I started reading the Lord's Prayer, then after the Lord's Prayer, um, Jesus continues to say, you know, you have to forgive people. Because if you don't forgive people, I won't forgive you. And I know that in my past, my past is a real bad past. And I was like, if, if I can't forgive my uncle, you know, Jesus, God ain't going to forgive me. So we actually made peace with my uncle. I went, I, went from, I went from not having no education, leaving school, and not knowing how to speak, not knowing how to read or write, to then later on reading God's Word. Um, it also, for some, I don't know what happened. Um, I was able to read and I was able to speak. Um, so I went from not being able to speak at all and just stuttering to being able to hold a conversation and start to talk. And what, what I do now is that I actually work with youth that offend and try and have their lives have a better outcome in their lives. And when I tell them my story, uh, often, often encourages them and gives them hope because what, what we do now will affect up to five generations from us. And that, that's one thing that I know and that's one thing that I've uh, always uh, taught and spoken to with uh, the families that I deal with. I'm now in the police. My sister is now a detective in the police and my brother is a senior pastor. And you know, how, how can that happen in the environment that we grew up in? You know, and what I, what I actually link it back to is actually my grandma continue praying and looking at where we all are now it's like yep that was not not by not by us what we've done it's about what she had done had prayed for that covering upon us and for the generations to come for me that's what I, I believe living large is by thinking about the generations to come um, and leaving your legacy uh, not only for you but for five five or so generations just to have that covering upon them. And, and that's living large. That's, that's living to the potential of where God wants you to be. Not from, because I've, I've only got a small view, <laughs> but God's got a bigger picture for me. Um, yeah, so wow, what a story, eh? Story of redemption. I mean, thank you for grandmothers praying and mothers praying. and You know, we stand on other people's shoulders, don't we? Um, you know, we're a result, like you said. It's that I like that thought of five generations. Um, don't give up praying. You know, you may think that nothing's going to change, but we have a heavenly Father. Uh, we have the Shepherd, the Great Shepherd of the sheep. And uh, when everything seems impossible, hey, that's where God works. You know, God specialises in the impossible when it's beyond our ability that's when God can step into the situation. Maybe you're praying for someone today, um, you know, like, like that, and you're thinking, man, this is just chaos. You know, my boy's at school, he's bullying. You know, he's partying, he's living his own life. Don't give up praying, you know. Don't give up praying, church. This is, this is, what, it's, this is what we're here for. We're here for, to stand in the gap for people around us, good friends, family members, you know, it could be uncles, aunties, could be your parents, I don't know, but just don't give up praying. 
even if you feel that inside you think, man, this is never going to change. You know, that's where God works. And I'm sure there would be testimonies today, including what Dave said there. Um, You know, he had every right to carry on just a bitter man, didn't he? Imagine growing up that way, you know, your uncle beating you up. You know, your parents not knowing what's going on. I mean, look, every right to go on and have a bad attitude towards life that everyone's down on you. Um, But grandmother prayed. Love it. Grandmother's praying. Love it. Mother's praying. Father's praying. So let's be people of prayer.